everything's changing. Everything seems to be speeding up. The day that I got the news that I got the um, the position at you know the corporate office, which is a, a district after you get out of general manager, um, your department code changes from management to corporate, and everything. Anyway, that's not important to say, but it's just that it seems like everything seems to just be moving faster starting that very day. So I get the news. I'm not even, I mean, I am excited. Um, I'm excited and I'm like, okay, let me, let me factor out. And this is something I rarely ever do, but I was thinking now that, you know, I'm more than just responsible for myself. I was like, let me see how this financial is going to change things. And my mind starts to go to moving, moving out, maybe buying a home instead of, you know, renting from our landlords. I say our landlords. I still think about the apartment as mine and Kyle's, but my landlord, I guess, because Kyle doesn't live there anymore. And I doubt Kyle would ever come back. Um, <clears throat> but, oh, and I, that wasn't anything, you know, specious. I was just saying, you know, I doubt he's, he's, he's got his own, his own thing going on. We're totally on good terms. Um, but I get the news and my instant thought is <clears throat> like, I don't even know how to like, celebrate it. I don't even know how to be like, even, even feel like a sense of like accomplishment or satisfaction. And I'm taking these notes in my mind, like, okay, sign the letter, sign the offer letter, which I do. I I do it right then and there. While Ryan is in my office, I sign the offer letter and it's done. When I sign the, the offer letter, it's done. And all of my stuff starts to change right away. We hooked it up to where I'm going to be still based on location, not so much out of the corporate office, much like James did it. James used to work at my old gym. And when me and James messed around, he was a district manager. He was based, he, he chose, he could have chose any club in the city and he chose our club. And now I get to choose what club I want to be based at. And I don't choose to go back to the club that I started at. I like the club that I am in right now. Um, and I choose to work out of, I, um, for now, I'm going to stay at this club. I am required to do a day a week at the corporate office. And I have an office there now, which seems really strange. But it really comes, I'm really more than anything, when uh, they're finally breaking down the compensation, I'm actually paying attention, which I've never done before. When I got sales, I was like, I don't really care about what it compensates. I was doing fine with what I was doing at the front desk. Now I'm going to be making more money and I don't need to be pressured or distracted by the dollars and the cents. When it was management, same story. I'm just responsible for myself. I was doing fine in sales. I don't need to stress myself out about the amount of money that's coming in. But with everything that's going on with, you know, my kiddo, um, Amir, even James and Sam, it's like I, for whatever reason, I've been feeling like this grinding, this urge, this push to make sure that I can, of course, not only take care of me and my son, but make sure that I'm not dependent on any sort of relationship in order to do that. And it's not like I ever was, but now it's like, no, I want to live a certain lifestyle. And I want to be able to do that 
with myself plus one. So here we are. First thing I do is I call Roxanne. And it was it was kind of a deliberate choice because Roxanne is somebody who I, you know, when I first met Roxanne, I really thought, you know, she's so unique and complicated and kind of mysterious because she was this beautiful woman, or she is this beautiful woman, who never gave anybody the time of day. And we talked about this before, too. I asked her, like, you know, people, you know, people used to call you. And she's like, I know. Guys are the way that they are. Girls are the way that they are. They see somebody who looks like me and they call her the B word. And I was like, mm, yeah, you pretty much got it right. And she said, but you have to understand what comes with being a woman. Like, there are people who feel entitled to things that don't belong to them. And you can either deal with that and then deal with the consequences of that, or you can choose to not entertain. But you don't get the opportunity to not choose. And no matter what you do, you were going to piss somebody off. And she said, I just accepted it. I didn't have, I didn't have the, it's not that I didn't care. I didn't have the time of day. And I was like, hey, hey, listen, I know. I totally know. And that's what I liked about her when I, when I met her. It was like, she didn't play the game. She just kind of did her thing. Anyway, I bring all this stuff up to say this. I call Roxanne first and I tell her what's going on. She's like, ah, and I'm like, she's, she's so hyped that I'm starting to get like hyped up. And I'm like, you know, this is really cool. And she stops and she's like, you know what you need to do? <laughs> and I was like, what? And she said, you need to make sure that you actually celebrate your success. You're not, you're not allowing yourself to enjoy this. You don't want to look back and be like, regret the fact that you didn't actually enjoy it because you were so worried about things you can't control. She was just like, this is, this is a big deal. Let it be a big deal celebrate it like it's a big deal because it is don't not honor the moment i'm like oh you're right and she says so about what i told you about amir where are you on that and i kind of hedged around and she said listen he's just going to do the same thing that he did before you have to make your intentions known you have to draw the line in the sand you have to figure this out this is on you I was like, oh, you're right. After I get done talking to Roxanne, I call James. And James is like, yeah, dude, I knew. I was holding it back. I didn't want to tell you because, you know, I wasn't allowed to, but I knew. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And he's like, you're going to do the same thing you've always done. And you'll have the added benefit of having somebody who knows the job help you out. And I was like, yeah. Okay, cool, fine. This is awesome. And then I call Amir and I say, Hey, what are you doing? And he's like, Working. He's like, What are you doing? And I was like, Well, I didn't really want to, you know, I'm not calling you for that reason. I just, I have some news I want to share with you. And he's like, I'll meet you out front. And so I step, step out of my building. I start walking towards Amir's entrance and he meets me down, um, downstairs at the bottom floor or downstairs at, on, on the patio and we start walking through the city quiet at first because there's a lot more that I want to talk to him about 
I want to talk to him about, you know, like the stuff Roxanne was telling me. But I have a hard time doing that with the mirror. I mean, last we talked, we really kind of talked about it. He said, wait for him. When he left the first time, he said, forget all about me. Now he's saying, wait for him. He's leaving in a day. What do I do? What does wait for you mean? And um, I can't get the words out. So instead, I go for the good news. And I say I got the district manager job. And he's like, oh, my God, baby, that's incredible. And he's like, really, really happy. Really, really happy. And I, I'll, feel it, I'll feel it later. I'll feel it like, it's just like when I got the manager job. It's like, I'll believe it when I see my first paycheck. I always feel like there's, you know, somebody's, they could always change their mind or something. That's how I feel anyway. Um, or like, who knows? Maybe I'll get caught with Jordan or something. And, and then it's like, oh my God, you can't even work for the company anymore because you're a scandal. Um, but I know I'm just being silly. I signed the offer letter. It's already happening. My code has already switched over. It's nuts. And anyway, we walk for a decent, probably mile before I just have to say it. I'm like, hey, Amir, I got to know. What, what does wait for you mean? Like, what do you mean by that? You know, he gets his serious look and he's just like, I mean, it's you or me or it's nothing. He's like, I'll commit it to this. I want my life with you here. I don't know what I got to do, but I'm going to figure something out. I just need you to wait for me. He said, but I got something else I got to tell you. Um, I'm not going back tomorrow. And I said, really? How, how much longer are you staying? And he said, indefinitely. Um, and I said, this is good? And he said, um, yes. It's just sooner than I thought. And I was like, what's going on? He said, my dad's coming. And I was like, he's coming where? And he's like, he's coming to town. Apparently, so anyway. I, Amir had told me this a while ago. Part of the reason why Amir can't just leave is because legally, I don't know how all this works. Legally, his father has some entitlement to some of Amir's stuff, not all of it, but some of it. And Amir can't just, he's not as free as he wants to be. And Amir says, let's have dinner tonight. We'll talk about it. I say, of course. Okay, so here's the part where I confess something kind of stupid. I did something stupid. Um, when Amir left the first time, I didn't hope. I didn't think. I didn't. I believed. I believed he would come back. I believed we would be together. Um, I think I needed to believe it. And I did something dumb. Something really, really expensive and not logical. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So Amir says, hey, let's go to the chef's place and have dinner. And I was like, I was like jumping. I was like, 
absolutely. Like, please, 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 let's go. Let's go. Um, and we do. So that night comes around. I come out of my building. And Amir's there waiting for me. Just like the first night that we had dinner together. But this time, we hold hands all the way to the restaurant. And we walk up the street, down the corner, through the alleyway, and into the hole in the wall, which is the chef's place. Which then, of course, you know, opens up into this magnificent kind of secretive spot. And we go up to the roof. The chef is there. He stays with us for a good amount of the evening. But there is a moment where we're upstairs on the roof where Amir, where Amir and I can just kind of talk. And I say, so how are you feeling about it all? How are you feeling about your dad coming to town? And I can see in Amir's face, he puts on a game face, but I can tell. Like, he's bothered. He's nervous. He's almost, um, I don't know, he seems on edge. And he's like, I'm fine. I've, he said, I think, I think. And he looks at me, he says, I want him to meet you. I want him to meet us as we are. My dad doesn't know what gay is. All he knows about gay is what he's seen in the movies and what people in his circle tell him about gay. He doesn't know this. And I say, I'm here, tell me about your dad. Like, just everything you know about him, just tell me. And Amir's like, um, what is there to tell? I say, okay, Amir, tell me everything you know about your dad. Even the smallest thing, no matter how small or how big, I'm determined. I'm determined to, like, make this guy like me. Amir has painted him out to be a complete ice, ice queen. And I'm like, uh, nobody, say, there's got to be something here that's redeemable. Something I can like latch onto and like make him like me, try to at least not hate me anyway. Because in my head, what's, what's going on in my mind is that he's going to blame Amir's gayness on me. Um, and I think Amir's kind of thinking the same thing. and. So I am fishing for little details of things that I might be able to work on. I said, what does he like to do? And Amir's like, my dad is about his business. I don't know what he likes to do. Even the things that I see him doing that are considered recreational, it's all with business associates. Um, and Amir's thinking about it. He said, except for like, he has a friend, um, my dad's childhood friend from back home, you know? Other than that, everybody else he knows he's, is our business associates. And I say, tell me about this friend. And Maria just kind of shrugs. He's like, I don't know too much. I said, well, what made you bring him up? And I was like, and he, Amir said, I don't know. I said, you got to know something. Like, tell me about this friend. Do you like him? And he's like, yeah, I love him. He's, he's family to me. And he says, so he was around a lot when you were kids? And 
I mean, I said, yeah. Do they just sit around and talk business all day? Or do they? And Amir said, I don't really know. He would come over, they would go on vacation, and then he would come back. And I said, mm, put that in my back pocket. I said, so tell me what else, what else do you know? And Amir says, honestly, dude, it's not too much there. You'll see. You'll see when you meet him. It's, there's not a lot going on there. I was like, okay, fine. Me and Amir walk that night all the way back to his place. All the way back to his place, which is a decent walk. And when we get there, we shower together. And we're kissing. And I know I talk about like, oh, I know what Amir's thinking all the time. I can tell that there's something different going on in his mind. It's that look that I saw a long time ago when we sat down and had dinner with those annoying boys. <laughs> um, it's just a, a game face that he has, or just like a, I don't know. When he's just him, it's like effervescent, innocent, special. But he has another side. I had learned that Amir has quite a big exhibitionist side that I did not see at all. Like when Amir was trying to coach me into coax me into, you know, messing around in the shower, like he's into that shit. Messing around at his workplace, he loves that shit. But when we're alone, I don't know. Usually we're very intimate. This felt a little bit like that, but it was just more I don't know. I just sensed like he had a reason for doing what he was doing. We showered, and of course, I can't keep my hands off of him. I'm kissing him and touching him everywhere. I go down on him. He goes down on me. And I was trying to get him to fuck me like he does in the showers at work, and he wouldn't do it. I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll stop. Maybe he's just not in the mood. We get out of the shower. We go back to his bed. And Amir says, let's make a movie. And I was like, wait, a what? He's like, he pulls out his phone and he hits record. And I thought, this is just his exhibitionist side. I'm down for whatever, let's do it. And so we go at it and, you know, I'm kissing him and I'm rubbing my fingers through his hair and he is very responsive to me being dominant. Usually I let him, I let him have his way. But now he's almost encouraging me to pull his hair. When I hold him from the back, he moves my hand from his face down around his neck where he knows I'm going to be. I almost can't resist choking him. And he is moaning louder than ever. Finally, I spread him open and I eat him out. And I was waiting for him to do the same thing to me because he loves to do it. And he does it. He gets on all fours and he arches his back. 
And he says, fuck me, baby. I'm not going to say no to that. So I slide in. And he is remarkably tight. It's been a while. It's been a while. And Amir can take it. I think Amir's just naturally a tighter guy. He can take it, though. And, like, he's, like, I can see him, like, concentrating and it's stoic in his face. And he's, like, really trying to, like, get into it. And he does. He takes it all. We haven't, I haven't topped him since we've been back. And it's, like, refitting into a glove. Like, I rail him over and over and over again. And he is insanely vocal. And finally, I have him straddled, straddled around my lap and we're on the edge of the bed and we're just like rocking back and forth. And I'm kissing on his nipples because they're so sensitive. And I start flipping him in every position I can think of. Like I really go to town and he's just like encouraging me all the way. And finally, I'm able to get him off finally able to get him off like we went at it it was madly intense and then when i come in him i just collapse on top of him something was different i didn't know what it was i just knew that it was different not in a bad way not in a bad way at all like <laughs> believe you me it was awesome but it was just different. And I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know. After we're done, we just kind of lay there. Amir's watching his phone. He's watching back everything that we just did. It's very graphic. It's very intense. I've never heard Amir like so desperate to be fucked. It was just weird. But it was hot. And the stuff that he was saying to me, the way he was pushing back on me and like riding me and like, he just looked like, I don't know, he was almost, it was almost like he was on drugs and like he was on some sort of like ecstasy trip or something. Like I was like, what, what, who are you? But at the same time, like it didn't seem forced or performative. It was just extra. And I thought to myself, maybe he's just letting go. Maybe it's been a long time since, maybe it's been a long time since, you know, he's gotten fucked and he likes it like that. Anyway, Amir's watching the video. I love that he loves it. I love that he's into like all this exhibitionist stuff, like all of that. I love that. But on top of that, like what's going through my mind is like, I'm more excited at the fact that he says he's staying even for a little bit than I am on this whole like district manager thing. But I start to notice like the way I carry myself now, the way I walk around now, like I just feel a little bit taller, feel a little bit more like confident. You know what it's like when like, you know your job and you're good at your job versus like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I think some of that might even have to do with, like, my relationships. I remember when I was with Miguel. Before, listen, before I was with, like, Miguel, and he, I was still hooking up with all these, like, these guys and all of that stuff. Like, I was very shy, very timid, 
very unable to express myself or back up my own ideas, put my foot down. When I met Miguel, specifically when I started to top Miguel, that started to shift. And then when I met James, and everything that me and Miguel had gone through, I met James, and like James had his whole like Mr. Brooks phase where he wanted to be like dominated. Like I really started to like develop a confidence. It was weird. It was this weird trade-off of like energy. Like James needed to be submissive, at least in some aspect of his life, to let go. And I needed to be given control. And it worked. And now I feel like, I don't know, like I'm fucking my work. It's like, I know what I'm doing. And nobody can tell me shit. And I don't mean that in like a, I don't mean that to say that like I'm trying to hype myself. I'm just saying like, I actually for once know what I'm doing. People come to me with questions and I can explain it to them in their language. It's weird. And I feel a sense of like confidence in everything that I do that I never did before. And it's interesting. So Ryan had told me when I got the job, he said, take the next few days off because on Monday you are going to, (laughs) you are going to start training and it's going to be intense. And I was like, okay, all good. And I did. So I left that Thursday and I also have Friday off. And I was telling Amir, like, let's go to the beach. And he was like, I'm down. Let's do it. So we go to the beach. And another confession, I did another thing where when me and Amir separated the first time, I was buying all kinds of shit. I was buying all kinds of Amir type shit, things that I thought he would like. And one of the things that I bought were these kites. And I thought, you know, one day he's going to come back and we're going to go to the beach and we're going to fly them together. I got two of them. And I said, Amir, let's go to the beach. And he's like, let's go. And so we go and we drive. There's a spot about 20 miles out of the city, which I wanted to go out of the city so there wasn't people around. Um, And we go to the beach. We finally get out on the sand. And Amir is just chill. He's just standing there and the breeze is like holding him. And I unpack these kites and Amir's eyes light up. He's like, oh my God. And I was like, wait, 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 stand right there. And I unfurl this kite and I get it up into the air. And I unfurl the next one and I get it up into the air. And I'm holding on to both of these things, hoping that my expensive, dumb thing that I did a long time ago doesn't reveal itself too early. If I do it right, it's going to work. I had a little bit of tape, and I taped my dumb thing onto this kite, ran it through the string. The breeze took it. It flew. I handed it to Amir, and I didn't say anything. 
And Amir is just having the time of his life flying this thing. I mean, he loves it. Amir loves to fly, period. Like, we've gone places together, like, on planes, and he's just, like, out the window the whole time. Not out the window, but you know what I mean? His face is, like, pressed up to the glass. He's always looking out. And um, now we're standing here on this beach flying these kites. And I'm trying to... I get his up in there, no problem. I'm trying to, like, unfurl mine. And I think because I'm so freaking nervous... I'm having trouble. And Amir's like, let me help you. I was like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. You just focus on yours. And, <laughs> and he's like, okay, fine. And I finally get mine up into the air. And I'm like, okay, when is it going to, when is it going to drop? When is it going to drop? When is it going to drop? And we're going for a while. And I know that the adhesive on the tape has to be running, wearing out. It takes about a good 15 minutes, a lot longer than what I was planning. A lot longer than I was planning. Um, and I was starting to think like, it's not going to happen. And Amir says, there's something on my string. Hang on. And like, I see it fall and it's sliding and it's sliding and it's sliding. Amir's like, what is that? And it makes its way all the way up the spool and he touches it. And he's like, what? I think it's broken. Where did you get these things? Are these things like kind of cheap or something? Like it's falling apart. And then he stops. And he's like looking at it and then he turns and he looks at me. I was waiting for it and I'm already on one knee. Amir's like beside himself and then he starts to like rip at it. He starts to like tear off the freaking wedding band, the engagement ring from the spool of thread He's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I was like, Amir, will you boom? And he just like tackles me. And I'm like, Amir throws his arms around me. And after what seems like a really long time, he just says, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. And I say, so, is that a yes? And he says, absolutely. I will. I will marry you. And I just kiss him on his forehead. And then on his lips. And we sit down on this beach, holding hands. And he says to me, you're with me. And I look at him and I say, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Um, I know it's been a while since I posted an episode. I had an, equi- had an equipment issue um, and that's all been sorted out. So thank you for being patient. I am really excited to keep telling this story. Thank you so much for all your feedback. I read the answers to like the Q and A's that are down there that like, what did you think about today's episode type of questions? Um, only thing is I can't actually respond to them. I know I've said this a few times. I can't respond to those, but I do appreciate them. Some of, some of the things that you say are super lovely. Um, but if there's ever any feedback that you want to leave me personally, I check my email very often. Um, it's mr.brooksconfesses at gmail.com. Also too, I check my Twitter DMs very often as well, too. So if you have anything that you want to leave me, um, Twitter's another great way to reach me. It's at Call Me Mr. Brooks. 
I think I said that right. At call me Mr. Brooks. Yeah. Um, and I'll have a link to my link tree down below that you can also reach out to me on. I still have my Cash App and my Venmo open. If you decide you want to financially contribute to the podcast, that's always, always welcome. And I thank you so much for your contributions. It's awesome. And it helps me keep making episodes like these. Oh, five-star ratings. The five-star ratings have helped the podcast so much. I thank you so much. And if you haven't rated the podcast yet, please do so. I would love it if you would. Yeah, thank you so much. Deepest gratitude. Love hearing from you. Don't be a stranger. All right. Love you. See you in the next one.